0: it is late 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 saturday october 21st this is a north side story podcast my name is blake i am one of the hosts the other host that joins me on this podcast his name is jake bachy he is our commissioner and jake how are you doing
1: good tired can't wait to get some sleep wake up put on those games <laughs> A lot of uh ten AM games tomorrow, not too many that one games. Um but a lot of by magenned for some teams this week, which we will jump into. I mean
0: primarily two teams. Two teams are getting screwed. But uh it's we have a unique situation with both those teams that we'll dive into. But I got nothing. I got no questions this time again, Jake. Try to think of something fun next time. But uh I want to get right into this episode. I want to get into your box bets. I want to get into my underdog pick of the week. First matchup, Alvin and the chipmunks, two and four, growing up against Meet the Robinsons, who is also two and four. So Jake, you're talking a lot of trash on Meet the Robinsons. These past couple weeks, considering his team dead, but I mean, even Phillips now says his team's dead. So mm-hmm. um, he's off to a rough start. Calvin Ridley at that 1.0. Um, Alvin Kamara, the check down God got you 23. Probably could have got one, too. Was it uh the end of the first half? They they tried going for it and he got stuffed?
1: Or was something like, oh, no, it was the third quarter. Yeah, like, he had a couple goal line chances that got stuffed.
0: He's not uh, getting points on the ground this year. He's not running it in. He's just going to feed off of these, just catch catch and runs, because that offense is just abysmal. But it's fantasy, fo- it's fantasy football. You're not caring about the production on the field. You're caring about what he's delivering. And Alvin Kamara already – He's already paid dividends for you, taking him mm-hmm. uh, middle of the draft, especially taking him in that uh, suspension window. But let go to your team first, getting this nice off to getting you off to a nice start. You have a pretty solid lineup. Nothing really changes that much. You are plugging in uh, Drumfort. I believe Amari Cooper is on your bench as well. But I think that is that just predicated on Cleveland going up against Indianapolis this week, Jake?
1: Yeah, I have decided to play those two guys. Um, and watching the Uh, Colts defense the last few weeks, Um, trying to see if Jonathan Taylor's getting any run. Um, But watching those games, kind of just noticing that the Colts defense through the air, they're very susceptible through the air. So I like my Amari Cooper play this week. And Jerome Ford, you know, is their starting running back. Um, And then watching how the Niners handled Christian McCaffrey last, or, sorry, the Browns handled the Niners and Christian McCaffrey last week on the ground and limiting, you know, possibly the best running back in football to, you know, only 50, 60 yards on a lot of carries. Um, I've decided to bench Jonathan Taylor for the week just because I'm not sure how that game is going to go. There's always a chance that I do plug him in into that flex because uh, I am playing Rashid Rice because I do think the Chargers are going to be very susceptible through the air. Um, but going back to Cleveland, I like that those two matchups a lot. Um, I do feel like Amari Cooper is going to go over his projected number, no matter who's throwing him the ball.
0: Yeah. And you're plugging in AJ Brown. You, you want the better wide receiver <coughs> of the two, unless something shakes out like sooner or later, uh, for Philadelphia, this is going to be one of those games where Devontae Smith is going to get his and AJ is going to be a little bit more pedestrian, kind of similar to what we saw last year, even at the start of the year. But AJ Brown just said, it, forget it, especially in that Miami game be an interesting game for not only for I guess national pre- precedent on like how good those both both those teams are mm-hmm. but obviously it's kind of a big game for our uh coach of the year bet there too Jake but yeah um, that's true that's huge um you talked about you talked about Travis Kelsey you talked about um Rasheed Rice yeah it's an interesting flex option I always feel like I feel like Rasheed Rice is definitely separating himself um definitely separating himself as More of a go to option in terms of the wide receiver room, but maybe you got one more week before you start getting question marks with the addition of McCole Hardman, even though McCole Hardman. Um, and I'm saying this because I picked him up, I think, in this league, like holding on to him because I thought he was just this this sneaky option. But Mm -hmm. McCole Hardman, even when he was on the team last year and getting drafted, really not. He was more top off, uh, taking the top off the offense, um, more of a speed guy. I don't know his role. Rashid Rice definitely is a uh, I, is a good option, good flex option, but definitely question marks going in. I don't know um, why Why no George Pickens, though. I like George Pickens on your bench going up against the Los Angeles Rams. We, we're having corners for the Rams getting arrested after games, so we are falling apart, young, secondary, very – the very susceptible to the big play. Um, I always talk about the Rams; they're a big they play, a very shell defense. So with the addition of Deontay Johnson, I believe coming back this week, yeah. maybe that kind of cuts into George Pickens' big play ability. But honestly, at the end of the day, George Pickens is plus wide receiver. Um, Kenny Pickett stinks; that offense stinks. I'm I'm with you there. But any there any pushback on? on my notion of I think George Pickens is probably a safer play than Rasheed Rice?
1: I think it's mostly due to Deontay being back. Um, I just kind of want to see what that offense looks like first and see if they're still giving George the ball Um, because they have been targeting him a good amount um, with Deontay out. You know, he's been getting uh, 10 targets. Since the last four weeks, Deontay's been out. It's been 10, 6, 7, and 10, which is what Mm -hmm. you want to see. But – I'm George Pickens is the number two guy there. Deontay is their number one receiver. So we'll see how that looks first. Um, But I I, just watching the Chargers secondary play. I'm just not. I I just think that they're going to get passed on all over the place. Their defense has been much improved this year. um, And it's been nice to see that's been, you know, worked on throughout the offseason and the early part of this season. But their pass defense is still a huge struggle. And I, I think Travis Kelsey goes absolutely off this week um, solely because Derwin is, looks like he's going to be out, um, yeah. which is huge uh, for that Chargers defense. I, th- I saw a stat where it was like with Derwin and James on the field against Travis Kelsey, it's like 2.6 yards a reception or, some, or a catch or something like that. Without Derwin James on the field, Travis Kelsey is like, 6.8 yards a catch which is just crazy so um I, I I see Travis Kelsey having a couple touchdowns to be honest I think anything less than that will be kind of a disappointment because I do think they are going to be able to pass on the Chargers um pretty easily
0: yeah ratting out your roster you got Lamar Jackson going against going up against Detroit at home also it's always a tough place to play at home 19 points is a little high that defense is They got some talent. I got still question marks about the wide receiver room with Baltimore, but you're rolling out Lamar every week. God, I wish I had Lamar. Um, And then continue your Cleveland stack with Dustin Hopkins against Indianapolis because you're taking points. You're you're expecting a lot of points in that matchup. Going over to meet the Robinsons. Meet the Robinsons, as I mentioned, started off with the one-pointer out of Calvin Ridley. This is the Calvin Ridley show. He either plays or he doesn't. And uh, I believe he was only targeted twice in this one. I remember listening on the radio and just—I remember the the radio announcer were like, "Oh, there's Calvin." And that's what it's, it seems like it's been in a couple of games this year. Yeah, um, not involved, no no involvement. When we go over to Steph's team, we'll talk about Christian Kirk. who had a big game, um, and it was a lot of just Travis Etienne. But Calvin Ridley, special talent, just not getting the ball. Absolutely frustrated because he's one of those guys you got to plug in, especially especially when you're dealing with. I guess when you're dealing with a buy, but when you're dealing with a with a depleted team like Meet the Robinsons, we talked about your bench and having the flexibility that you have. You sit in Jonathan Taylor, George Pickens. One of the guys that kind of snuck into Meet the Robinsons flex every week or so was DeAndre Hopkins. He's on buy. Got a guy like Jake Ferguson on buy.
1: Who, I wish Doug wasn't on buy.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, you would actually like that. Um, and then the other option that you talked about last week was Joshua Palmer. That could have been someone, but still, when you have Calvin Raymond on their team, uh, you try not to get cute because you see the big game potential and just the talent with him. But you get dead weeks like this with them, and it just sucks, especially sucks seeing a 31 to 24 game, and you get one point. But he's got other guys going. He's got the, both Robinson, Brian Robinson Jr. as the plus matchup against the Giants because that team stinks. Uh, Bijan against Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay is still good. I mean, even, even in their. Last last couple games where they faltered a little bit. That defense is good. Um, it's a big divisional matchup. It's going to be on the road against Tampa. Bijan still is going to have probably one of your more safer floors, but we've talked about the last three weeks. Uh, points are coming less and less. DK against Arizona. I think we're both tired of DK Army, Jake, but it's just a whiner.
1: Yeah, but I, I don't know if you saw what he said. Uh, no, I didn't. A couple days ago, he was just like, I'm never going to change the way I play all this stuff. Cause people were asking him like, you know, do you think that you hurt the team when you have these penalties, these unsportsmanlike like penalties and, you know, it's hard to get you back on track. And he was like, no, nope, I don't think so. This is how I play. And you know, he's had success over his career so far. I think he's still, he's a, in my opinion, a, a top 15, top 20 wide receiver in the league, maybe even higher than that. Um, just because of how physical he can be. So We'll see. I know that he's questionable going into the matchup. Um, So we'll see if he actually suits up. He's supposed to, um, but he has some uh, ribs and and a hip injury right now. I'm looking at right now. It says Pete Carroll says he's a game time decision. So if DK can't go, um, then that's maybe where Josh Palmer slots in. I personally would try to get Josh Palmer into this lineup. I think as a flex play, Um, I did, I touched on this (coughs) last week or last pod where Josh Palmer had multiple, like, 25-yard catches that were called back due to penalties. Um, and he still finished, I think, four catches, like, 60, 70 yards. And so I expect the Chargers to be behind this in this matchup against the Chiefs. And so I think Justin Herbert's going to try to – he's just going to throw the ball a bunch. So maybe stacking both Herbert and Palmer because um, I do think that they're going to score some points and be able to uh, – the Chiefs' defense has been good um, – But I do think that especially if Phillips is going to sit the Chiefs defense and plug in the Seahawks, then I'd probably try to get um, Palmer in the lineup for Terry. Um, But, you know, this is a team that after Phillips basically lost Nick Chubb, um, just kind of downhill from there.
0: Yeah, we talked about Brian Robinson in that plus matchup. uh, Also on his team, he's rolling out Logan Thomas and... Terry McLaurin. Uh, I feel like Washington has got a good offense, but they're an offense that spreads the ball around in terms of touchdowns. You're not going to be uh, – Sam Howell's not going to be throwing the ball around like crazy numbers, like 400, 300 yards where uh, a couple of guys may pick up a lot of receptions or yards. It's really predicated on touchdowns in this matchup. I see Washington winning the game. I see them running the ball. It's see a big game with Brian Robinson, and it's pretty much just a coin flip on uh, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, um – Jahan Dotson or even Curtis Samuel that's had a touchdown in his last two games. So mm. um, tough, tough decisions there. Um, Joshua Palmer is definitely in consideration uh, because of just what you're saying. But I, I made your question marks and I think this is going to be a quick, quick little wrap up on this matchup. Cause I'm taking you, I'm I your team, your team's rounding out, um, rounding out nicely. You're getting big productions out of guys like Alvin Kamara um, Lamar Jackson still top eight. You had two weeks ago. He only had a ten point last week. Seventeen going on at home against Detroit. I see this is a game where he can um, cash in, cash in on his projections, considering how great that pass rush is, um, his ability to get outside the pocket and and continue to run that he's been showing as of late with sixty two just in this last game. So see a see a pretty good game at Lamar. I, I, I get what you're saying with Travis Kelsey in terms of that Chargers matchup. You've always told me how how much of a clamp Derwin Jeans is on Travis. So, me finding out just now that he's going to be out in that game, um, big play ability out of that. I just don't think, I don't like his projections is at 89. Yeah, I, I find it hard with this current lineup, him scratching 100 um, this week.
1: Yeah, especially with the one point already being scored. Uh, yeah. Yeah, i I want to take myself too. I think I just have – I think I have three matchups that are going to score a good amount. Um, I really like Amari, AJ, and Travis. And then I think the rest can kind of fill in. I mean, Kamara's already got me 23, which is a great performance on Thursday. So, um, you know, I take those – I think those three matchups are going to get me a combined, you know, 50-ish points, 60 points perhaps. Yeah. Um, And then I think it's going to be hard with – you know, for the rest of my other players um, for Phillips to, to catch up. Who knows? This could be, you know, if DK plays, DK is prone to get 30 plus games. Maybe this is the week that Bijan finally gets in the end zone and really scores a bunch. But I don't know. I, I don't see it either. Um, I think it's basically going to come down to the, the 10 o'clock games where I have three Cleveland Browns going and Phillips has three, Washington commanders going, but I will take my team as well and uh, try to get back into this playoff race.
0: Moving along, the cat hashtag claws up two and four going up against a notorious six and zero. i am a battered um, shell of a man. I can't even do my hashtag anymore. It's just been a rough season, but
1: hashtag D E A D.
0: Oh, that'd be actually kind of good. Um, I I think once I win this week, I'm gonna do nine lives. This cat always got nine lives because I kind of like my I, I like my team this week. I I piecemealed together a lineup. Not that much changed. The two biggest additions. Um, hunting for points. I'm still scared to start Jared Goff, um, so I went to the waiver wire. Pick up Jordan Love. Jordan Love is coming off a bye heading into Denver. Projections um, at 18. I don't I don't. I'll see how he's getting 18, but I saw the projections and I see all the love that um, I'm seeing with analysts starting Packer players against Denver this week. Denver's been horrible defense, so I can see it, but um, taking a shot in the dark there. And then at the start of the week, I was just I was just ready to play Najee Harris. Um, started puddling, putting along during the week, and I've been looking into potentially other running backs that I could start. Been watching the Chicago situation, and um, I said at the beginning of the beginning of this season how much I'm a Deontay Foreman truther, mm-hmm. and I saw that there was a chance that it's going to be his backfield this week, um, going up against Las Vegas. It's a very leaky, leaky, leaky defense. I know Justin Field is is out, uh, but that line's still close, so it didn't seem like uh, it was that big of a hit. Uh, them being just down under two and a half point dogs. And Jonathan Foreman can run and especially last week points didn't really get there. I know Phil started him, but you're getting 50, 15 carries coming off of being inactive two weeks prior as a healthy, as a healthy scratch, 15 carries for 65 yards. I'll take that. I'll take that against a, a bottom of the league, Las Vegas Raiders team. Um,
1: Easy. They're three and three.
0: I, well, no, their rush defense has just been horrible though. They've been gashed.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not talking about the team. But uh, Marquise Brown, Jalen Waddle, both plus matchups against those teams. We talked about Philadelphia. It's going to be brutal watching this week when I got Jalen Waddell and my teammate has Tyreek Hill. I'm going to have to watch that game, and I'm going to hopefully have to watch it with like one eye open, not watch Tyreek catches and just pray Jalen Waddle falls in for a couple touchdowns. Marquise Brown against Seattle. Uh, Seattle's been a, su- a suspect um, covering wide receivers this year. And I'm um, same old bottom end of my lineup, George Kittle. Killen rolling the dice with him. Um, I just got to hope more than 0.6 points this week, especially if I have any chance against Trey, Jordan Addison. Now we're a couple weeks removed from him being one of the more focal points in the offense. Um, it, I keep saying in any matchup against San Francisco, if there's any weakness, you take them on the outside um, against their corners. So I have optimism. But um, why don't you knock me down a couple picks.
1: Jake? Yeah, I I think this is you just trying to talk yourself into a possible win here. Any given uh, Sunday. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. I look at it's more about I look at Trey's matchups more than anything, but we'll talk about <laughs> your team first. I I don't see Jordan Love hitting his projections. I agree with you. I think that eighteen is high. Um, and it's hard for me. I understand that the, the Broncos' defense has been bad this year, but it's not like the Packers' offense has been good. Um, they've had they've struggled, and maybe getting Aaron Jones back um, is going to help them, and maybe help Jordan Love instead of you know them stuffing AJ Dillon all the time. Uh, it's going to help Jordan Love um, actually be able to throw the ball. But everybody else, <clears throat> Marquise Brown. Has been good this year, but there are there are some games. Uh, he had a solid stretch to where he was getting 13, 14 points. I think in order for you to win, somebody has to score over 25, and I just don't see that on here. Um, Saquon is someone who is very talented, but I think we're looking at – I think Daniel Jones is out again, so we're looking at Tyrod being the quarterback, and Tyrod is not known to really beat you through the air. And so I can see that front seven of Washington playing extremely close to the line and kind of limiting Saquon. Um, you know, he got he had 11.8 points last week. Um, and I, I can see, you know, somewhere around there. Perhaps he That falls. came off
0: like one big run, unless I'm mixing up him and Derrick Henry's stretch. Uh,
1: Derrick uh, Henry had that one big run. He had like a six-yard yeah. run. Uh, but yeah. Saquon had like 20, yeah, looking at it, 24 carries. So, you mm-hmm. know, that's gonna be a. I think that's gonna be an ugly game, um, and perhaps they really try to get Saquon as the focal point. But everybody else, Jalen Waddle to me is someone that I just. I think they're like forcing him the ball when it comes to like getting him end zone touches, which is not necessarily what you want. A Weird w- way of me saying that is that I remember watching last week Tyreek was wide open for a touchdown. Instead of just dumping it off to Tyreek and him scoring, Tua just like forced it in the end zone and Bottle caught it and that was great. But like he's not getting open the way that he got it last last year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I would be a little concerned about that. I do like that matchup because I do think this is going to be a high scoring game in the sense that Philly's secondary isn't as good as I think a lot of people think. Um, but when you look across the Trey's team, you're looking at the number one fantasy guy in Tyreek Hill. And I just think Trey's team this week specifically has too many matchups that are going to be hard for your team to overcome.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going against the number one wide receiver and the number one quarterback with Josh Allen. Uh, looking at their matchups, all the matchups that I kind of liked on my side, it pretty much kind of falls me over to a notorious side. I got Terry Hill going up against Philadelphia. Um, I mean, Josh Allen against New England. I don't – yeah, he, he's just got guys that we that I think I mentioned in the last episode. He's got guys that are just matchup proof. Um, I love Isaiah Pacheco against the Chargers. Um, Josh Jacobs has just been an absolute bell cow. Continues to be. He's coming off a week where he touched the ball 27 times. Going against Chicago, I, I mean, I don't know. There's not much I can really say about his team. It's just team. The reason why he's six and zero. Jacoby Myers, I'm not going to say anything bad about him. Top 15 option this week. Going against, against Chicago, Mike Evans. Mike Evans against Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta defense is good, but weird like maybe bounce back game for the Bucks because well, they're poor outing in their last last effort. I traded Mike Evans and I probably shouldn't have, so maybe this is a payback game for me. But um, just a great team. He continues to be 6-0 and I, there's no holes that I can poke in his lineup.
1: Yeah, I think Tyreek's matchup is one of the best ones out of any player this week. Um, I think he does a great job in this game. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I I think he does find the end zone tomorrow. Um, I'm still not really high on Josh Jacobs in that offense, but I do think that they're going to move the ball just a little bit out of time with Brian Hoyer as the quarterback and just moving it down the field. And I do think that um, they're going to really try to get Josh Jacobs going inside the uh, red zone. Um, but the rest of his team, yeah i uh, I don't know if I'd play Mike Evans in that flex. Um, I would possibly look at a Tyler Lockett, um, and I, I I don't know. I have a a sneaky suspicion. I I think Denver's defense is going to be a little bit better tomorrow, but. I do think either one of Watson or Dobbs has a really, really good game. I'm not sure which one, so perhaps you don't take that risk of putting Christian Watson in the flex, and you write out Mike Evans and hope that he can you know, do better than he did last week or the last couple weeks um, with less than seven points in back-to-back weeks. Um, but yeah, Trey Trey has a good team, um, and yeah, I, I, I don't see a route for for you to beat him.
0: Okay, so you're taking him. I'm, I'm going to take my team. I mean, I I got some belief. I I've been no, I don't want to say I've been unlucky. I mean, the lineup's been kind of rolling out this uh, each and every week. I haven't been stoked. I haven't been excited about it. But I don't know. I see something out of Jordan Love. I I see Deontay Foreman. If he gets the same type of work that he had last week, considering that it's his backfield again, I see it. can see a kind of big outing from him. And guys that I have luck in my lineup, they all plus matchups. So I'm hoping on a miracle here.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to hear that you're unlucky. No shot. Bad draft. Hashtag bad draft.
0: Four and two Fitch going up against one and five Law Dogs. This has got to be. If Phil loses this match, it's got to be over. But um, let's start with Phil's teams first. Uh, we had a little chuckle when we went over to this matchup because I had a howl like if I was a dog because Phil is rolling out Sam Howell this week. I talked about... Uh, that matchup it's going to be a plus matchup. Sam Howell is probably one of your top 14 right now. And if he didn't have a point six outing that he had against Buffalo, he'd probably be a little bit higher, more consistent of quarterback. Gets all the of touchdowns. Guards um, aren't really going to carry you in terms of his points, but going against against giants who just aren't a good team, not having, um, not having Daniel Jones there. So you just maybe got to cash in some early passing touchdowns could be a good option. Jameer Gibbs. I think the we're excited to see another week of him carrying the backfield. No David Montgomery, Kenneth Walker, nineteen point seven. Holy moly, that seems like a lot. Um, but going up against the Cardinals team, that's is we're talking about the Cardinals. I don't know if we're gonna be talking about the Cardinals ever again. Uh and the later matchups. Jake, is um, Kyler coming back this week? I know that he got reinstated.
1: He's not coming back this week. Uh, he's okay. He's has a three-week window to return, uh, so he's practicing um, most likely next week, maybe the week after that.
0: Yeah, because I, I, I knew I saw, I saw a blur in another league that someone picked up Kyler, and then I saw that Fitch picked him up as well, so I was kind of out of the loop on that situation, so uh, but all in all, Kenneth Walker has been just a very good running back. Um, and going up against this Arizona team, I could see another big outing out of him. The other fun one is not only Phil going double double tight ends. Again, got to love it. Uh, but given the bye um, from Jamar Chase, he's rolling out a Wandale Robinson. Um, Wondell Robinson was a highly like highly thought of rookie last year then he blew out his ACL it was him and before Katerius left but um, has not shown crazy amount of chemistry Uh, last week against uh, Buffalo though he did have eight targets six catches with Tyrod so maybe there's something there with with Tyrod and maybe this matchup a little bit of a softer matchup going against Washington who we've seen teams put up a lot of points on but Wandell Robinson, very interesting, Phil. <laughs> very interesting,
1: I, Phil. I actually don't mind this play. Um, I yeah. have issues with the, the tight ends, uh, especially because LaPorte is going up against, uh, looks like the number one ranked tight end uh, defense in the Baltimore Ravens. But <clears throat> Wendell, and I think the, it's the matchup. Um, Washington... Secondary is – they're 30th, so I'm, I don't even know who 31st and 30th. I guess the Broncos are probably up there and maybe the Colts. But the the Washington Commanders the last few weeks have been terrible defensively uh, through the year. You're looking at Drake London last week having over 100 yards. week before that was the DJ Moore game. So those – and those two offenses aren't good offenses. Like you're looking at the Falcons who to to throw the ball to score – uh, and you're looking at the Bears, who had like a two-week stretch of good offense, and that's been it. So the Giants, who aren't a good um, offensive team whatsoever, you have Saquon, so I'm I'm a little uh, – and, and I will say this, the Commanders' front seven is very good, especially their, their line is really good. So I'm not talking yeah. sure about Saquon, but if you're looking for someone that perhaps can be a home run hit – Wandale could be your guy. Um, I don't really trust anybody else on the Giants. I know. I think Darius Slayton. I don't even know if he's playing. Or- <laughs>
0: Darius Slayton is always out in the field. He's not doing anything, but he's yeah. always out there.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. I have not heard. I've not seen him in any week this year um, performing or doing anything. So I
0: feel like there's there's. There's always one person in this world that has a anytime touchdown, Darius Slayton, in yeah. any Giants game.
1: And to be honest, yeah, you really have no idea that that could happen at any time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so Wandale, I don't, I don't mind it. Is it an yeah. option? Well, it's the best option that Phils has. Um, and I, you know, I can go to the waiver wire and kind of see if there's. I, I,
0: I just looked right now. Like you got Jahan Dotson, um, Elijah Moore is available, but he's got to put a claim in don't want to run that risk where you say something happens you don't you're not up before 10 o'clock and that's even an option where you can swap them in but nothing yeah i kind of thought that same th- that same thing too i kind of winced when i looked at wandel and then i'm like then i looked at his bench i'm like okay he's got no one there then i checked waiver right. wire. there wasn't anyone that just like absolutely grabbed me like oh phil's gotta switch it out so i mean i, I don't mind it either yeah. there's touchdown availability there
1: yeah looking at some of these like so looking at uh, what the ranks are for wide receivers, it looks like the Chargers are the worst. So like Sky Moore. Sky Moore really hasn't shown anything, um, but separates himself as a wide receiver. And then you're looking at the 31st ranked in his Arizona, maybe someone like a Michael Wilson. We saw Michael Wilson go off against the Niners. Um, and, you know, he had a great game there. And perhaps if you're trying to get a boom play, um, then maybe you can hit on that. But besides that, it's just like, yeah, Well, I don't, I don't know where else uh, Phil can really go with having Jamar on a bye.
0: Yeah. Well, going over to Fitch's team, though, it looks like he's not losing out anyone to buys this week. I don't know how that happens since, like, all these teams are now starting to get buys. How does your whole team go on scratch? But same old usual cast with Fitch. Fitch is actually starting off with a 16-point lead, getting nine points from Chris Olave. Kills me anytime I see low points for Chris Olave. I just think, what a waste of talent. Mm. Um, seven points in Evan Ingram's c- steady and true. Evan Ingram, he's giving you seven points every single week. It's averaging. He's averaging ten on the season, but he's still right now, even with that, some points five fifth ranked. So points aren't out of this world. He's kind of that. Um, it's just not
1: consistent. Consistent? Yeah, it's points. consistent.
0: You'll take it. You can't have point four outings like my tight ends having. But um, same cast, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and John J. Swift for his Eagle players going against Miami. You mentioned it's going to be a high-scoring game. James Cook. James Cook going against New England. I I try my best not to watch New England games, so I couldn't tell you that much on what kind of lean there is. I think they're just a bad team in general. They're a team that gets behind quickly. Um, So it tells me, I guess, that either their offense is giving away points, New England's offense giving away points, or – This is just a team that gets scored on a lot. I don't know where the advantage is for Buffalo, but James Cook being in the driver's seat for a team, potentially going to be in the lead next week. You're going to take that. Guess you got to watch out for uh, Latavius Murray, though, because Latavius Murray is still getting carries. So who would have thought that there there would be a vulture threat in Buffalo this year as it seemed like James Cook coming in and uh, Damian Harris now probably being out. So maybe that's going to step up a little bit for Latavius fucking Murray, which is wild. <laughs> um, questions that I have with Jordan Addison with my lineup, same questions can be asked for KJ Osborne. We're now on our second week with this Vikings offense. Someone's got to push ahead. Someone's got to be the beneficiary of that. So maybe it's KJ's time against San Francisco. And then Zay Flowers against Detroit. Um, 14 points last week, came off a touchdown, his first touchdown in his career. So maybe they keep things going and... They continue to involve them. Similar to my matchup with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, you're kind of getting something like that. You're getting probably the two top pass catchers for Baltimore um, with Mark Andrews for Law Dogs and Zay Flowers for Fitch. So, Phil, if you're watching that game, you're listening to this, or it's just going to be a tough one in Baltimore because I, I don't I don't know how much points you're going to be scored in that game, but I feel like both teams are going to be able to move the ball. Um, even with both plus defenses. So every time Lamar throws a ball, it's it's going to be benefiting one of these two teams.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this was a big week for Brian to basically have a bye week um, in the sense of just Brian needs, after ha- losing such a close one and then going up against Phil's team and no Jamar Chase. Um And just some of the the players that Phil has continued to start. I'm not, I I like Mark Andrews and I like Laporta, but I, I, once again, I think the the window is closed as far as trying to to trade one of those guys for value to try and improve your team. So I think Brian, although I'm not a huge fan of his team, um, I think, I mean, looking at it right now, Phil is projected to beat him, um, which is crazy. But yeah, actually, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself into Phil's team this week because I I look at Brian's team and I'm just like, you've already had your basically your number one wide receiver play, um, and did not have a very good game, and then the rest of them, you know, he he's going to really need Jalen Hurts and DeAndre Swift to have big games, um, I think, in order for him to beat Phil, and I expect that to be a high scoring matchup, so I think he gets that. But I do think this matchup is going to be a lot closer than I thought about two minutes ago.
0: Well, let's go. What are we we picking?
1: Um, I, I'm not sure why Brian is playing the Dolphins defense while playing Miami, given that, uh, uh, sorry, playing Philly while he has two Philly players playing in his lineup. Um, word of advice to fantasy managers out there: you never, unless it's like a legit top three defense um, and looking at Miami's ranking right now, they're ranked 22nd. I'm not sure why Brian still has them in general, but you never want to have players that, especially your main players, uh, your quarterback and your are you're basically your RB one going up against that defense. I'm going to take. <sighs> <sighs> I actually don't think this Detroit Baltimore game is going to be that high scoring. Yeah, you
0: it, know what? When I said that too, yeah, I I has four be of those
1: players, so I'm going to have to go Brian. I think this is going to be the stinker of the week. I think both these teams score 90 point or like in the range of less than like 95 to 80 points. Um, I don't think either one of these teams have big weeks this week, but I think Brian's going to squeak it out.
0: Um, you mentioned defense and it got me thinking of the situation that I put myself in last week. There's no shot. Um, like I mentioned in the intro we're recording this Saturday night. So Fitch isn't going to hear this podcast at eight, a, uh, like before game starts Sunday. But what I learned though, is that Deontay, uh Johnson is coming off the IR. He's going to be playing this week. Soon as that game starts at one oh five and he is still on Brian's IR spot. Um, Brian can't not he cannot make any moves or make any addition to his roster. So Brian thinks that he's got a chance in this matchup and he notices it at like two thirty. As soon as Deontay Johnson starts at one oh five, he's screwed. He can't pick up another defense. So would <laughs> be very interesting to see if that's a dilemma. Probably not. But um, I don't know. I wanted to clarify that because I was stressing out learning that last weekend. Mm-hmm. But in this matchup, I'm taking Fitch as well. Um, I I just – I don't know. I see one of the top three guys on this team, either Jalen James or DeAndre. I see one of them having a big game, like a huge game. If you're saying stinker of the week. I can kind of see that too. Seeing them both hovering around their projection totals. But it's going to come down when we're going over this matchup. My gut is telling me we're going to go over this matchup and we're going to say Jameer Gibbs isn't it. And we're just going to talk about a big outing from Jalen Hurts, but just Swift in that matchup. So I like Fitch. I'm taking Fitch to win. I, want, I think he's going to be going to 5-2 and two at the end of this week.
1: All right, we got a battle of two, three, and three teams. Quarterback Sneaks, Shane going up against Team Mercier, Sam's team. Uh, This matchup is one of, uh, I guess you and Trey also didn't have anyone going Thursday night, but neither of these two teams have had anyone going. Um, But (laughs) only surprising in the sense that actually the entire bench for both of these teams. Yeah. What the hell? Both teams having by Mageddon, um, kind of working out, I guess, good for both squads only because, you know, if you usually go up against someone or if you have all buys for your, you know, impact players, for instance, Sam has T Higgins, Joe Mixon, um, And you can even say the Dallas Cowboys' defense would be an impact defense. And then you're looking at our Chains team with CeeDee Lamb, Brees Hall, Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz. These are two teams that can definitely use those players, um, but they're lucky enough to kind of go up against each other so they don't have to go up against a team that's fully rostered this week. Let's jump into Sam's team first as we're looking at a team. This is a
0: bad team. Sorry, I had to hop you there. This team sucks.
1: Well, this is the issue with Sam this year. Um, I said, you know, two or three weeks ago, I was very much kind of like, yeah, I'm not a fan of this team. I, I don't think this team has a lot of uh, just it just seemed off. Like there was some running backs that like I'm not a fan of, you know, Stefan Diggs, is Stefan Diggs and awesome. But then, you know, there are times where Brandon Ayuk, um, you know, is off or he's hurt and then you're looking at not really having a tight end. So, yeah, Sam's team is one, uh, missing David Montgomery this week with an injury. Um, and the running backs are Alexander Madison and Zach Moss. Thoughts?
0: I, yeah, Alexander Madison against the Niners, uh, Zach Moss against Cleveland that just eat. NFL players alive. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely brutal. Like, and she has an extra bench slot. I don't. Nothing. Nothing's going to help. I mean, there's no one. There's no one on the waiver wire that she could pick up in terms of running back that can help out that situation. She's yeah. she's a product of injury this bye week with Cincinnati. It is what it is. But this is just that is just a
1: brutal brutal
0: running back court.
1: Yeah. Um I I I think (laughs) let me look at Sam's in the matchup. I think both of these uh Cleveland is sixth ranked and actually the Niners are a little higher than I'd thought, but I'm not a fan
0: Fans gashed him up that one time. Like that was like a 200 yard.
1: (laughs) I'm not a fan of Alexander Madison. I haven't been this entire season. I think he is someone that is extremely inefficient and um especially now that offense to where they don't really have too many weapons um to throw down the field. And so perhaps they kind of stack the box a little bit. I think the Niners absolutely gashed the the Vikings this week. So bad matchups there. Stefan digs against the Patriots. The Patriots are known to kind of take away number one receiving options on obvious Gabe Davis alert. Um, Yeah, perhaps a Gabe Davis day. But <clears throat> the one person i would like to touch on because i think this is the only one that has a chance of of really going over projections is brandon iuk and i only say that because minnesota's uh secondary is not good and also it came out today that debo samuel will be out for the next two to three weeks with a uh hairline or, fracture hairline fracture in the shoulder thank you so I do think that he is someone that's going to take advantage of those extra targets. We have both talked about Brandon Ayuk and how, at times, he has just been awesome um, to watch and kind of be that focal point in that offense, um, at least to the air, because Christian McCaffrey is definitely through the ground on the ground. But Brandon Ayuk, I think this is a as a great um, has a great chance of going over his projections this week. Um, But everybody else, I, I mean, Stafford against Pittsburgh, sure, I guess. I mean, yeah, I,
0: that's the that's one – if you were going to give me some room, I was going to just say, I mean, last time we saw Pittsburgh give up 305 yards to C.J. Stroud in that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, Stafford, Stafford, over the last two weeks, have, has limited the turnovers, um, hasn't thrown a pick in the last couple of days. Um, we saw a bad, kind of low outing against Arizona, but that was a game that they started running the ball a lot. He only threw the ball 10 to 24 times. So it's be a game that I think it's going to be a close game. It's not going to be a game that I would say most are saying, hey, this Steelers offense stinks. They're not going to be able to keep up the Rams offense. It's going to be close. I think they're going to throw. They're going to rely on the, the throw a lot because we're all wondering who's going to be the running back. No, Kyron is going to be out for a while. Rams signed like four different guys. So yeah. I mean, this is the game and they trust they make uh, maybe their wide receivers an extension of the running game, a lot of jet sweeps, so like they used to do in the past with Cooper Cup. Um, but I see a lot of passing guys. I see that. I, I do agree with you in your assessment of Brandon and Ayuk. And I think Brandon, just going forward, I think whatever number that they're going to set for him, he's going to be a guy that you're going to say that he can surpass that. But um, some weeks and weeks like this, you, you, you can lean on a guy like Matthew Stafford.
1: Yeah, I I was surprised um and who knows, maybe Sam was listening to our podcast that um that she dropped Kirk Cousins and just completely dropped him and didn't even like stash him and kind of just put him on the bench or and put him on waivers. Um and he is no longer a part of Team Mercier. So a little surprised at that. But that is, you know, what we talked about last week um was that perhaps Kirk Cousins is a little bit of a um, Justin Jefferson dependent, especially when it comes to fantasy. And without him, we kind of saw it with against the Bears that really struggled to move the ball down the field and didn't really have too many weapons that that he used throughout the day.
0: Now, if she can only listen to us with Brandon Cooks, but
1: yeah, well, I don't know. It uh, can't be perfect. Let's head over to Shane's team. Um, now Shane has a few players out, um, but. Still has a very good roster. Um, we have entered, um, Brock Purdy season. Yep,
0: yep, yep. We'll
1: starting, um, I would say, unless, of course, he throws a stinker this week and it kind of causes Shane to lose. Um, but it looks like he will be starting on a Shane's team going forward. Still kind of question marks regarding Christian McCaffrey and his health. Um, and a Shane doesn't, a uh, Shane did pick up Elijah Mitchell. So I think that's a good little backup to have. Now it could be Jordan Mason, of course. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: I think it's the wrong guy, but
1: yeah, at least have some piece. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah. You don't want to just put up zero. I think no matter what, if Christian McCaffrey is out, I do think Elijah Mitchell is still going to get um, a good amount of carries. And I, I don't think Jordan Mason is someone that's going to get, you know, 70% of the carries. I think it's going to be a lot closer to a 50, 50 split. Um, Raheem Mostert, who has turned into you know the fantasy MVP, it seems like this year with all the touchdowns he scores. Um, now that is a tough defense to run on. They can very much well. They can very well get into the red zone and into the five where he's going to eat. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr. does come back this week as well. He will be playing, so we'll see if there is any um, you know split time to kind of keep Raheem fresh throughout the entire season. then you're looking at the rest of the team, uh, picking up Drake London, it looks like this week, and playing him against Tampa Bay. I think this is a prime example of Drake London scoring, you know, four points against a good um, defense. But he has had three weeks in a row over 10 points. Um, But I'm just not a fan of Desmond Ritter, and I'm just not sure if that's going to continue. But Ashane has a very good team. Um, Anything else you want to touch on here?
0: No, I think I'm ready to get into the matchup. We talked about we talked about both teams just getting hit with buys, and um, Rock right. Purdy is going to be. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was going to say both teams get hit with buys, but this is definitely where you can look and see who has depth. Um, yeah, because the Shane is a team that has depth, whether it is you know playing. Um, I mean, there's sure. really Drake London is the only one uh, because you know having Brees Hall. It's not like Brees Hall would really have taken over Christian McCaffrey, Raheem Moster. No. Um, now you can, you can. We'll see. Let me talk about how last week Puka dropped an end zone um, or a touchdown in the end zone. Um, but you know he only did get what targeted five times, four times, seven times, seven times for four catches. Um, and so you know, is you know CD going to take his spot? So who? Uh, Shane has a lot of good players. Um, and I think that he is someone, like I've, I've talked about going forward, I think he's going to be up there as far as at the end of the season. Um, But, you know, you look across and you're just like, yeah, this is the difference between having a lot of depth and drafting well and trading um, and being able to, you know, capitalize on certain spots. And then you look across and you're like, oh, this is what happens when you spend $60 in your fab on Josh Reynolds.
0: Yeah. And that's you, the depth is definitely playing a factor in my, my pick and QB sneaks just a it's a solid lineup, even with two big guys that uh, he could be playing every single week on by um, across the board, just player by player, Stefan Diggs, even Keenan Allen that matchup. I can see both guys kind of pushing each other for the top score for each other's team. Um, QB sneaks. I think QB sneaks by a lot.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, right now it's projected to be a 27-point victory for a Shane, and I definitely think that it's going to be around there. I even think Sam might have a chance of getting lower than 90 points projected. I really only see Stephon Diggs and Ayuk being, like, key players this week. And you talked about Stafford, and maybe Stafford can hit his projections. Um, but I don't like the running backs, especially the uh, the matchups. And I'm not a fan of Zach Ertz. I'm not a fan of Josh Reynolds against the Baltimore um, defense as well so yeah give me a shane's team um and i think i think going forward with the shane I, I think it's going to be you know he'll be there at the top
0: house Targaryen, rum runners this is our matchup of the week jake three uh house Targaryen, three and three rum runners four and two both are playoff teams Zach Evans should not be in a fantasy football lineup. Step. I don't know what you're doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think Steph's trying to hit gold again on perhaps you know one of these one of these uh, players that she has. Um, yeah, I don't think. Who knows? This is a, this is taking a huge flyer. You really have. Um, and looking at, I'm looking at the player news. This was this tonight, this was at 10 o'clock, this was like an hour ago, Evans is expected to serve as a backup option behind Royce Freeman and Darrell Henderson.
0: Yeah, so, what?
1: Um, I I don't know why Ramondre Stevenson is not the play here. I, it doesn't really matter. I feel like at this point, you really just need to play the player that is the legit number one. <clears throat> so Ramondre is, even though goes up against a good Buffalo Defense. Um, we talked about Saquon having you know 90 yards against the Buffalo defense. Buffalo defense is banged up. I don't think they're as um, as crazy as as they have been in the past. I think they're a much better um, pass rushing team than a run defense. So yeah, I don't know why Zach Evans is. Uh, I, I, if I, ever, I if I know Steph, I think she's going to look at this tomorrow morning or even later tonight. She's going to switch it out. Maybe even try to pick up. I don't know if Royce Freeman or Durrell are on a Ross right now. I don't think they are. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she tries to pick one of them up, to be honest, and play them. But I do think this gets switched out before the games tomorrow. Um, but looking at the rest of her lineup, Mahomes, we talked about how I think uh, Kelsey is going to have a great day tomorrow. Um, I think Mahomes has a very good day as well against the Chargers. I do think that's going to be a high-scoring game. Eckler, I think on the ground, I have my concerns. Uh going up against that Kansas City defense. I think Chris Jones has a great uh game tomorrow against the Chargers offensive line, especially up the middle. Uh Corey is most likely gonna be out for the Chargers the rest of the season, and he's really their anchor on their offensive line. Um and so I I I Austin Eckler is just gonna have to for staff, I think going forward, Austin Eckler getting a lot of those receptions. That's going to be the majority of his points, similar to an Alvin Kamara. Although Kamara has averaged, you know, three and a half, four yards of carry since he's been back, he's been getting 70, 80 rushing yards. I don't see that with Austin Eckler really going forward, and especially tomorrow. Um, the rest of her team is pretty solid. Cooper Cup. Um, you know, I think sixteen point nine points is right around what he's going to get. Maybe even close to twenty. I think he has actually a, a good chance of going over projections against kind of a soft, you know, softer than in years past. This Pittsburgh defense is not your your father's Pittsburgh defense. Um, I, I think, love when you say that. So fucking uh, funny. I, I I I don't think they're as as good as they once were. Um, and I think and DJ Moore is going to. We'll see when it comes to Tyler Badgett. Um, shout out Tyler Badgen's dad. Do you know that he is a world famous uh arm wrestler? No, uh, yeah, uh, go look it up. He is uh he's like a world champion arm wrestler. So uh, we'll see if if Baden can actually move the ball down the field up against DJ Moore. It'll be interesting, but I, I it's a a lot of weird matchups for Steph this week. I think there are some big plays for her, but I do see some um. You know, plays that, that can get, you know, less than, than 10 points. But really quick, Christian Kirk, a big reception for Steph because that was not looking good. And then he caught a – it was like a 10-yard catch and then ran for 40 yards or 30 yeah. yards and into the end zone, which really shot up his points because I think it was – you're looking at like four or five points. Um, um, and then kind of took off in the fourth quarter and had that big catch. But – uh, Where do you want to talk about on Steph's scene?
0: I mean, you kind of covered all of it. I I think the, the biggest question marks is going to be, man. I guess I always had question marks considering how you told me how tight the Chargers play um, the Chiefs. That going into this matchup, Patrick Mahomes may fall fall to the wayside. Maybe not score as much, but with the injury to injury to Darwin James you expect Travis Kelsey. I can see that kind of being a catalyst for her team, especially when you look on the other side with run runners. And I have huge questions with Deshaun Watson coming off injury. Um, but going against Indianapolis, I mean, that's a, that's a game where you definitely think that he's going to feast on. So passion Mahomes, Um, I, you know, I'm going to trust you and your opinions when you're talking about, uh, Austin Eckler and that Chargers running, running back. I feel like Casey, you can run on them. Um, they got a lot of stages, got a lot of, uh, patch rush issues with Chris Jones. and But I feel like that's a team we can run on, but I'm going to trust you with that. Cooper Cup, I love. Cooper Cup against Pittsburgh. DJ Moore still always going to be a question mark for me. Dallas Goddard against Miami. Points are going to be scored in that game, but you got John Smith sitting on the bench, number nine tight end in, in all of football right now, who's just been picking it up. In terms of touchdowns, I think maybe you make a choice there, but I think you're banking on more points scored in that Miami game, looking for a piece of the... Piece of the cake for a touchdown for Dallas Goddard. So while they're not the sexiest names, I feel like Steph, as long as I played in this league, she's never had the sexiest team. She's always had a piece melt together, get unconventional names, maybe not great talent, and making it work and kind of striking when the iron's hot. And she got it with Christian Kirk. She was texting me before the game. She's like, what do you think about Christian Kirk? I didn't respond because I forgot. So good thing she, good thing I didn't, because I probably would have been like, why are you going with Christian Kirk? But um, she throws these names on the board. And she gets production. And, like, you have question marks. I still have that same ones. But I honestly can see a day with her team just hitting all projections, fine and dandy.
1: Yeah, the only thing I will say about Austin Neckler, I and, like, being the Chiefs, the Chiefs right now are fifth best in the running back um, for fantasy. And it's it's mostly what I've seen out of the Chargers offensive line, the only time that they looked good was that first week of the season against the Dolphins, and the Dolphins throughout the course of this year have been getting run on like all the time. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I really think Eckler is due for another mediocre game at best. Um, last week, four ca- fourteen carries for twenty-seven yards, um, which is just not going to get it done. And then having four catches for thirty-five. Um, I think once again he has more yards receiving than rushing, uh, this game, which is still can be good for fantasy purposes. Um, but I think unless he falls into the end zone, I think you're looking at another kind of a dud week for Austin Eckler.
0: Okay. Well, let's go over to Nick's team. Nick's already has two guys. Going Travis Etienne with the big outing, played two touchdowns. I know you got
1: the first one, two out. touchdowns that, first quarter. So yeah, maybe the early second quarter he had that second one, but definitely yeah, touchdowns so, in the first half.
0: Definitely, definitely. I continue to beat the drum. Him being just one of the most consistent, like, set it forget it running backs currently uh, ranked at number three, but obviously his points are. Um, oh, he has an extra game, no duh. Saints defense continue to just saints as the Saints as a whole just continue to just be. Um, underwhelming, sad, just a pathetic team this year, only getting him four points against Jacksonville. I don't know about that defensive choice. I know Saints um, have been stingy at times, and they've had a couple of big outings, the one obviously against the Patriots, um, but Jacksonville, you've seen the last two weeks and heading into this week, offense has been picking up um, 31, 31 points on the Saints. Isn't no surprise, so Probably some other questions, um, another pickups that he could have picked up, but it is what it is. Four points, he'll take it, not negative. Aaron Jones up against Denver, um, first game back since injury. Um, am I reading this right? Yeah. yeah, he was coming off missing the game against the Vegas, coming off a buy. Um, newly minted Aaron Jones because of the, the trade with your team. Mm. Um, what else am I looking at here? Cortland Sutton. I, I don't. We, we talked about it a little bit before we hopped on. Cortland Sutton's a very interesting option for him. Also coming in that trade with Michael Pittman. Um, Michael Pittman going up against Cleveland. I we talked about how how big of a mismatch that is for Cleveland, and you're starting all the Cleveland wideouts and running backs and whatever other options that you can. But um, I mean, it's still a team you can throw on. I see, this is game that Indianapolis falling short. You mentioned in the last episode the connection between him and Gardner Minshew as of late. Um, Cortland Sutton going up against Green Bay. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Russell Wilson has been throwing the ball a little bit more. Uh, believe in that KC game. The only thing that salvaged Cortland Sutton was that late touchdown at the end of the game. So not very inspiring. Um, last couple of things: Kyle Pitts going up against Tampa Bay. We, you got three viable um pass catching options as of late. Um with Jonathan Smith, um, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I feel like the rug's gonna gotta be pulled sooner or later where that starts crashing back down. But you're starting him up, Dante Smith against Miami. It's the same thing we talked about in AJ Brown with your matchup. I, you just gotta hope AJ Brown doesn't get the line chair, but it seems more and more that there is a there is a need and there is a focus to get him um the ball because he's such a special talent but you're starting Devonte Smith. You're 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 not feeling good each and every week.
1: Yeah, um, I agree with that. Just because Devonta is is in the same ilk of the Tyler Lockett, now the Calvin Ridley's. Um, you're just not really sure what you're getting from him. Could be a great game. Could be one where you're just pulling your hair out, watching him just kind of get shut down by um, the defense. But looking at Nick's team, I don't know. I, I I thought I've read throughout the entire week that Deshaun Watson is not playing on Sunday, um, but I guess he's questionable game time decision. Um, I'm still kind of nervous if he is playing only because one hit and you know out for the rest of the game. You have to sit there with with your quarterback being played. Um, Nick does have both Baker and Kirk Cousins now. And both of those matchups, I, I think out of all three of them, I, would
0: probably, I was going to ask you, who would you take at all three to start?
1: I'd probably put Baker in there. Um, wow. i will go with that at home against, sure, Atlanta has improved. But I do think Tampa Bay, after kind of getting embarrassed at home last week, although to a good team, the Lions, this is a division game. It might be a little closer, but I do think Tampa Bay um, wins that game. So, um big start already by Travis. Um, but you know, this is going to come down to Devonte Adams. I really, I really do think that I think if Devonte can have a, or sorry, Devonte can have, go back to, to his 20, 25 point game. Um, he's going up against a bears defense. That's really nothing special and kind of middle of the road. Um, Now it is Brian Hoyer throwing him the ball, but I do think that Brian Hoyer is going to be a little bit more um, accurate than the rookie um, that they have there, Aiden O'Connell. So I do think, and and I think I read throughout this week as well, Devontae is just not necessarily asking for the ball more, but very much like I just want to be great. And you, we we have talked about this when receivers kind of go out of their way to say specific thing like cryptic messages. Watch out for their next games. So squeaky wheel gets the grease. That's the saying, Jake. I, I, okay. Um. So I think Devontae has a good week. Corlin Sutton, um, has been. I didn't realize he's had four touchdowns this year. Um, and. Without all four of those touchdowns, so those, the touchdown games that he's had, um, without those touchdowns, he's, he would have less than 10 points in every single one of those games. So he is extremely touchdown dependent um, to score his amount of points. Now he's going, he's probably going to get it covered by a Jair Alexander, who was a very good shutdown corner. Um, so I personally would probably look at a Gabe Davis um, or even a Michael Pittman, but, Nick's going to do his thing with Cortland Sutton. Yeah, you're right. I think he's going to be watching that game, so you might as well just see what you got there. Um, And, yeah, that's all I really have for Nick's team. I do think um, his team – we can touch a little bit on the trade. Aaron Jones. was Aaron Jones and Michael Pittman for Tony Pollard, and I had had him pick up Romeo Dobbs um, so that he can flip him to me because I didn't want to have to wait uh, just in case somebody else picked him up. Um. Yeah, I, I feel like I had some depth in my running back and wide receiver room, and I really wanted to get someone that I know is going to get the ball fifteen and twenty times in a running back, and kind of pair him with Kamara, who I know is going to get the ball twenty times, whether that's running the ball or catching the ball. And so Tony P, there's no backup to him. Um, Aaron Jones, although I think he's good, there are times where he just can't stay healthy. And who knows if he's going to stay healthy? His hamstring is the injury that he has. He is, should be good to go, but you know he tweaks it one more time, then he's out for the next three weeks. So I might as well just try to take the better running back. Um, and I believe that the Cowboys have a better offense, and so that's that's why I kind of went after Tony P. I would have loved to try to get Travis Etienne. I know, like three weeks ago, Nick was talking about trading him instead of Tony P. Um, and that would have been great to jump on that, but. Um, I think both of us kind of improved our teams in the sense that I now feel like I have two legit running backs that I can kind of lean on, especially because I don't think Tony P has hit his ceiling yet at all. And I think that he can, you know, start getting more uh red zone touches and more uh touchdown opportunities. But who do you like in this matchup between Nick and Steph? Both these this this is a big week for both because Steph is on a three-game winning streak, I believe. Um and Nick is trying to also separate himself as a four and two team now. So who do you like?
0: I like House And I think she's going to make the change. Um, for Zach Evans, hope oh, I mean hopefully, I think she's going to plug in Ramondre. It's the safer. It's just the obvious start here. Hell, even if she went Jalen Warren, I wouldn't be that upset about it. Um, because Rams team they get run up on. There's been, I think there's going to be a lot of points in that game. I feel like Pittsburgh will to move the ball. So you may want a piece in that game. Jalen could be an option where Mondre, Zach Evans is not. Um, especially especially with two running backs that they're saying that he's going to be behind are um, guys that are conventionally going to keep it on the ground. They're going to run Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman has kind of shown when he was with Denver that he can get out and catch a lot of balls. But Gerald Henderson is very one-dimensional. So if he's going to be serving behind both of them. I don't see him getting any play. So. I think Steph will figure that out. I'm going to imagine she makes that move. And, yeah, I like her team. Unconventional team, uh, like we talked about. I like Christian Kirk was a good start. Probably if we would have done this matchup Wednesday night, I I w- maybe I can think about taking Run Runner because serious question marks I have in like the flukiness of Christian Kirk. But when she gets these 16-point outings, um, when she gets these 16-point outings with him, I think she's got a good enough team that I think, yeah, I think it's going to take a run-runners. I don't like Cortland Sutton. I don't think he's going to make the change. Um, Sean Watson, you mentioned it. You weren't even sure who's going to be starting today, so uh, starting the, or tomorrow, Sunday. So you got more question marks, which is wild because of just the players that Nick has, but I still have more question marks with Nick's team, so I'm going to take House Chargarian to win this matchup.
1: Yeah, I... Man...
0: Close. It really is close.
1: I think this is going to be another stinker of a matchup. I know it's a matchup of the week because I think it, there's a lot of writing on it, but I do think that both of these teams, although they've started out nice, um, I think there are going to be some players that have low-scoring weeks. I'm looking at Corley Sutton. I'm looking at Kyle Pitts. I'm looking at um, you know, whoever's playing quarterback for next team, and then I go to Stephs, and I'm not too high on Austin Eckler. Um, and I think Dallas Goddard, you never know what you're getting with him, but also DJ Moore, I don't know what you're getting with him because I don't trust the quarterback. So I'm also gonna go with Steph's team, but I think it's gonna be close. And I think you're looking at another matchup that's you know one oh five to ninety, something like that, to where, you know, both teams, the majority of their players, um we're looking at only one player on each team playing on Sunday night. So that'll be a fun little thing to look at. Uh, Devontae Smith against Dallas Goddard. We're always hoping for close matchups going into, if it's not our teams, um, the other matchups in our league that, you know, have a lot riding on the line. um, We can hope that we get a Sunday night matchup and that it's close going into Sunday night. All right, we are back with Fockey's Bets. Week seven, and I have given you six that is correct. Six straight weeks of profits. We're looking at 13 and seven on the year, which is, if I do my math correctly, I carry a five, times more, 65%, which is pretty damn good. Last week, um, gave you some winners. Shout out, let's go to the first one actually Shout out Desmond Ritter One of my favorite quarterbacks in the league Only because every time you bet the under on Falcons games You're most likely going to win Because he is good for a couple of red zone interceptions Desmond Ritter threw two of those in the last quarter um, That over under was at 42 and a half That game ended 24-16 to 16, Commanders-Falcons Second game in the slate on Sunday for Bucky's bets. This game started out perfectly. Panthers-Dolphins over, I believe, was at 47.5. Panthers out to a quick 14-0 lead. The only team that I was concerned about scoring points in that game were the Carolina Panthers. They put up a quick 14-0 in the first quarter. After that, rarely didn't even have to sweat that bet. Dolphins were w- winning at halftime 21-14. Rest of the game. We're looking at a 42 to 21 score. Easy cover or easy over. 47 and a half. Dolphins, Panthers scored a combined 63 points to make it 2-0 on a day. Last but not least, this game was an eyesore. Hard to watch. Vikings, Bears. Took the over on this one at 44 and a half. Both of these defenses I did not think had it in them. However, watching that first quarter, just field goals and missed extra points on the one touchdown the Vikings scored. Going into halftime, it was uh, 12 to 6. Um, and they needed a, you know about three to four touchdowns the rest of the way. Wasn't even close We're looking at a 19-13 to 13 game Vikings-Bears, Justin Fields Was out the rest of the game Kirk Cousins, his weapons You could just tell the chemistry was not there yet 32 points were scored in that game So we were 2-1 on the day With the Vikings and Bears being a loser um, For that one So going into week 7 For Bucky's bets We're going to go back to the well On some of these over-unders First one is going to be Sunday night, Dolphins-Eagles, 51 and a half. Now, this is a lot of points, a lot of points. But both of these defenses have rarely shown me that they can stop the team that they're playing. So, Dolphins on the road against the Eagles. Would have liked for this game to be in Miami. I do feel like Miami is better on the road when it comes to scoring. or Sorry, at home when it comes to scoring. But I'm still going to take the over on this. We're going to go Dolphins, Eagles over on 51 and a half. Second game, Lions-Ravens, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. These teams have both played very well this season. Lions on the road going up against the Ravens. Lions are 3-0 on the road. But they've done a good job on the road um, playing defense. And what I liked from last week that I saw... Is that a, a mediocre offense in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Only gave up six points against them. Looking at the Ravens coming back from London, um, having not necessarily a short week from practice, but I'm, I can't see the offense just automatically switching. They've been they've been getting into the opponent's side of the field, however, they have not been converting those into touchdowns. So I will take the under here at forty three and a half points lions Ravens under 43 and a half last but not least the bills at the Patriots I've kind of went back and forth on what I wanted to do as far as a side to this game Um, sorry as far as a bet for this game whether it is the side of Buffalo or taking under but I am going to take the bills here at minus seven and a half Um, watching the bills last week struggle against the Giants but I feel like they're gonna, they're gonna just. That can't be the same Bills team that we watched from last week. I do believe that we're watching the same Patriots every single week, and that Patriots team every single week is one that is going for that number one pick next year. So give me the Bills minus seven and a half. Mac Jones benched by halftime. Hopefully, um, their backup, who I think is Malik Cunningham now. Shout out Louisville Cardinals. Um, I do think that the Bills are going to put it on the Patriots. I'm looking at a, an easy cover from Josh Allen in that defense. So we're looking at Bills minus seven and a half under Lions, Ravens, and over Dolphins, Eagles.
0: I believe I got the L last week in my underdog pick the week. I don't remember. I don't. I haven't written it down, Jake. So I'm sorry, but I do know um, I am two and three. On the year, that can't be possible. I think I'm two and four on the year. So Threading into week seven. I believe you took the Patriots
1: last week. I took the Patriots last week. Yeah. Against the Raiders. Yeah.
0: That was not a good pick. Um, but this is a good pick. I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears, who are getting two and a half points against Las, Las Vegas. Las Vegas stinks. I'm going to try to fade them again 80. in this. Mm. Um I'm going to go against them again this week, going against, against Chicago. Chicago does not have Justin Fields, but I'm going with my boy Deontay Foreman. I think it's going to be a big running game for Chicago. Uh, I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. Uh, I want to see if the point number on this is 37.5, so They're not expecting a lot of points. I'm not either. I'm going to pick a team that uh, can run the ball, and I've seen Deontay Foreman have these big games. I'm going to throw... I'm just going to throw a little something on that game. Uh, game of Chicago to win against Las Vegas Raiders. They are a two and a half point underdog.